Well, good morning and Merry Christmas. It's, it's Christmas week, isn't it? Man, we get back here next week. Christmas is over. It's done. But uh, this is Christmas week. Is it up and running for you at your house? Yeah, yeah, it's it's up and running at our house. We have our our whole family in. Uh, Karen's mom's still to arrive. She'll she'll come this week. But but all all of our kids and their mates and grandkids are in. It's really really exciting. Full house. I I wanted to take everybody out for kind of a special dinner for some celebration this coming Monday night. And I and I called this particular restaurant and said I want to make a a reservation. And they said, well, you you have to call our group events. And I said, well, this is, my, this is my immediate family, my children and my, my grandchildren. Well, yeah, but the size, you're going to need to call, you're going to need to call our group events in Tampa. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to call group events in, in Tampa. And so I, I, called, I called group events in Tampa. And by the time it was done, I was signing a contract with a minimum due. I said, you know, one of them's six months old. I'm, I'm pretty sure not, they're not going to eat the minimum. And uh, I, I tell you, I, 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 we're going, but I'm, I'm going to be mad. I just say that. But that, that's our home right now. I have to sign a contract to take them out to dinner. Uh, I'm pretty sure the boys will keep us, we'll hit the minimum. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not worried about that. But as if all this craziness wasn't enough, uh, someone in our house, not me, uh, decided to buy, uh, oh, look at you saying not you. It was absolutely you. You took a little inspiration from Amy and went over to the dark side. So we, 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 we now, we got a dog to add to all this craziness. And uh, no, 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 no. It, it's, it's, uh, I now own a dog. I, I swore I would never own this dog. This is the most embarrassing dog ever. To, it, it, it's not a, it's not a whole this, but I, part of this dog is a chihuahua. Did, no, did you know, did you, you go, go Google it. A chihuahua is the dumbest dog on the planet. And, and so that's, that's now what I own. It doesn't look like a dog. I take it for a walk. I'm embarrassed. I wear a hood. And so I now, I, as, as if this crazy was not enough, we, we now own a, a chai poo. I don't, I don't know. But anyway, we're, you know, all of that has not kept me from being excited that a child has been born to us. Amen. A son has been given, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And you know, we're going to know him. We're going to experience him as a wonderful counselor, as, as the mighty God, as, as the everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. I, I hope that verse is becoming very familiar to you now. If you've been around here much the last three, four weeks, you know that we have today makes five Sundays we've spent on this one verse. And uh, don't you think it was worth five Sundays? Man, there is so much packed in. This is one to get anchored in our heart and soul, isn't it? I, I mean, we spent a Sunday looking at what all that means that, that a government is resting, the government of the world. The government of the universe, the governing of all things resting on this child. And then we've taken a, a week each on each of these titles, understanding what these titles are saying about Jesus, and, and then praise the Lord what these titles end up meaning for, for you and me. And uh, that brings us today to the last title, The Prince of Peace. You know, I think of all the Christmas words, we have Christmas words, right? Right? 
I think peace rises to the top. I think maybe joy is in there battling for the number one spot. But uh, I mean peace. It is going to, to cover the front of our Christmas cards. It, it's so funny. I already had this week's sermon written. That's, that's normally the case. I, I write them two or three weeks. And then the week of, I'm, I'm going over it. So when I get here Monday morning, tomorrow morning, the first thing I'll do is go over next Sunday's sermon. Start, start working on it and getting it ready. And I already had it written. And I'm going to say, you know, peace is on the, the cover of all, all of our Christmas cards. And so I went over my sermon and then I sat down and opened my mail and the very first card. And I said, thank you, Joe and Sandy Willis, for sending me an illustration of exactly what I'm saying in my, my message. So, yeah, we're going to find that word peace on the, on the cover of our cards. It's going to fill a lot of Christmas sermons today or in the past several Sundays. It's the content of a lot of Christmas songs. And, of course, it's what the angels praised God for when the child was born, right? Remember, glory to God in the highest and peace. Peace on earth to those with whom he is pleased. And as we think about this word peace, we now come to that final climactic title given to this child, the Prince of Peace. The manger holds for you and me an opportunity for peace. For, for peace between us and God. And when this happens, boy, we really start to increase the odds that this can happen. And when we can get, when we can get peace vertically, then we can start to get it horizontally. You know, you stop and think about it. Peace is an absolutely universal desire. I, I mean, everybody, you know, if you're good, you want, you want peace. You want peace for the world. But nobody's actually managed in all these thousands of years to chart that path to peace. Not between people. Not, not between nations, not, not between us and God. We cannot get that worked out until God sent a, not just a, a person of peace. He sent the prince of all peace. Man, what good news. You know, and I want to, what I want to do today is I want to, I want to, I want to unwrap that. I, I, I want to understand what it means that we have a prince of peace, that we have this good news. But I am very, very convinced That in this particular area, we cannot grasp how important, how good, how meaningful this good news is until we understand the bad news. How bad the bad news was or how bad the bad news is. You understand that that verb tense, that's a status. For for many of us in here or, or, or watching online right now, it's how bad the bad news was. But we've had a change of status. Do you know why the bad news is now past tense for you and me? It's, it's because there's been a Prince of Peace. But there's also right now in, in this room, I mean, you, you just can't get a gathering this large and it not be the case. In this room online, there are those for whom that bad news is still a bad news is. It, it is a current status. It is a current situation. And, and we cannot understand peace we cannot understand peace until you understand you are, you're an enemy. You know, that's why I'm glad I spent five weeks on this. I've known Isaiah 9, 6 probably all my life. And, and this, this month was the first time I grasped why I needed a Prince of Peace. So, so let's understand the bad news. It's not pleasant. If you're really grasping it, we're getting ready to walk through some very, very uncomfortable moments. 
because you are not okay. You're not okay, you're not good, and you have a horrible, horrible future in front of you. The kind of future that that keeps you up at night. The, the, The kind of future that no matter who you're with this week and what gift you open and the party that you're enjoying, no matter what kind of fun is going on around you, your gut is never actually at peace because you know what is coming? You, you, you will stand before God and you will be judged and you will fail horribly in that moment. And you will be assigned a place in the lake of fire with Satan and the Antichrist forever. You know, I, uh, I, I don't think there's ever been a place in my life where I, I've said, oh, I'm good. I'm perfect. I'm, I'm wonderful. I don't, I don't think I would have ever described myself like that. But I, I, I think it's a logical response. I think it's a logical question for anybody that would say, hey, I know I've done wrong. I, I know I'm not perfect or whatever the requirement, but forever. Lake, lake of fire forever. That just seems kind of overwhelming. It, it doesn't seem to match my crime. What, what, what have I done that it would be forever? Do you, do you want to know? I'm, I'm going to trust that somebody in here is saying, yeah, I, I'd like to know what that is. So I'll, I'll answer you. You lie. I'm not talking about, oh yeah, I know, right? Everybody lies. No, I'm, well, you know. no you're a liar. You are so comfortable with lying, you can't even recognize now how much lying comes out of you. Take how many times you think you lied this week and multiply it by four or five at least. You are a liar. It wasn't something you did one time back there. You are a liar. You're impure and you're immoral. At minimum in your mind. And Jesus seems to say that counts. At the very minimum in your mind, you live a very immoral and impure life. And then from your mind, it tends to sooner or later roll out into some words and some actions and some behaviors. You steal. Stealing's a little bit like lying because... We're so comfortable with it, we don't even acknowledge what's happening. And a lot of times we're taking stuff because I deserve it. It's, it's mine. You should have given it to me anyway. And when I'm in that mode of thinking that th- this really belongs to me, then I, you know, I, I, I can take it. You know, even... <laughs> Gosh, we're horrible. Do you know, even when you're doing good, it's completely driven by your selfishness. You know, I, I do good because it make, make, makes me feel good. Hey, man, there's nothing wrong with feeling good, is there? And, and it does feel good to do good. But let me ask you a question. Is it no longer worth doing if it didn't give you a little pop, a little buzz, a little feel good? Is good no longer good if it didn't make you feel something? Would, would, you, do, would you continue to do that good if you didn't feel it? Or what drives so, so many of us to do good is the little bit of applause that comes with it. I need you to see what a good person I am, to acknowledge what a good person I am. It's amazing how the, the good drops if there's no credit for it. 
nobody sees it, can acknowledge it. And then maybe what brings us to the height of our selfishness is some of us actually grasp this whole heaven and hell thing. We understand that God must be kind of angry. I, I, that's what I understand. He's kind of angry about something. I think when I get there, I better be able to show what a good person I am. So periodically, I run out to do this good deed and that good deed and that good deed. Am I doing it because it's good? Or am I literally just trying to cover my own rear end? Am I doing this just so when I get to, if that's real, when I get there, it'll work out good for me? I'm just piling up stuff for me. It is amazing how, I wonder if we could just strip all that away, how much good we're still doing. If I don't feel good, if I don't get any applause, wait, what, God's not acknowledging all the good that is me? You know, uh, if right now you're thinking about who needs to hear this, Your soul's giving a testimony to your own arrogance. I'm not saying it's not natural for us to think, oh, I wish they could hear this right now, or boy, that person needs to hear this right now. But here is what I'm saying. There's not a person here that should not be so overwhelmingly drowning in your own sin. How in the world can you possibly draw a breath to be thinking about somebody else's? How do you do it? How, do you, how can you even lift your unless you are just completely ignorant and arrogant of the amount of sin that is you? Maybe you call God God, but most days you don't live like that. Most days you live like the God in your life is you. As a matter of fact, in your arrogance, there is such a quality of what you perceive to be your goodness, your intelligence, your innocence, that you, you actually believe you possess the ability to have God answer for himself. God, God you, 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 need, you need to speak to this. I, I don't think we believe like this today. I don't believe this, this applies today. I don't believe this applies to me. We actually think God owes us some answers. It's amazing. Again, just what, what comes back over and over and over is the word, our, our arrogance. Because I am nothing like God. I am nothing like his heaven. And yet actually believe he owes that to me. O- owes me an opportunity to know him and, and decide if I think he's good or not. Owes me an opportunity. How unfair that I would be anywhere but heaven if there is such a thing. The arrogance. I'm nothing like him. But he owes me that. You know, we uh, rarely forgive. I know you think you do, but you don't. (laughs) Well, let me rephrase that. You forgive, but you do not forgive like you expect to be forgiven. I mean, you have an expectation of how you hope God is forgiving you. You have an expectation of how we hope each other are forgiving. And, and, and that's not what we give. to. I, listen, when you forgive me, I, I, I'd like it to be sooner than later. I'd prefer no punishment with it. Um, I, don't, I don't want a lesson. And I don't want you to bring it up next week. I certainly don't want you to bring it up a year from now. 
See, that's the forgiveness I expect. That's not the forgiveness I'm offering. If I need to bring it up, I'm bringing it up. If I don't feel like you're suffering enough, I'll figure out how you can feel a little bit of the punishment. A little bit of the angst that's between us. We, we don't give forgiveness like we expect it. We mock. We mock what God loves. We find peace, rest, entertainment, joy in what he hates. You know, our, our thoughts betray us. Every single one of us, whether the bad news is a was or an is, our our thoughts betray every one of us because I can't imagine there's a single person in here right now watching online that wants anybody in here to just take a one week, a seven-day walk through your last thoughts. I, I, I think if I could pick any room person in this room and you walk through my thoughts and I walk through yours, I think we'd be wondering if Anybody is what they present themselves to be. You you live in the fear of others. You'll do almost anything for their, them, the group's approval. And give almost not a passing thought to the one who created you. And the one who holds your eternity. For, For these reasons... And a thousand others. This is why God says your heart is sick. Your heart is deceptive. Your heart is sick. You, you are entirely, your entire quality is, is wickedness. Now, folks, I want to I show you. And, and I know I'm talking to a group of people that there'd be a real high percentage of us that would say, I believe that the Bible is the word of God. I'm just going to take a few minutes and show you how much as we as believers absolutely do not believe it is the word of God and do not have to follow it because how many of us have said, oh, follow your heart. What's more true and good and pure? Boy, if you can trust anything, you can trust your heart. And God is saying, please don't trust your heart. It is sick. And it will lead you to a bad place every single time. You're a sinner. All of us. Every single one has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Do you realize just how little we're actually grasping what's going on with us? But if you've got just a little bit of it, then you realize the only real status left for us is enemy. I don't think I've ever read Isaiah 9, 6 and thought of myself as an enemy that needed peace. An enemy combatant, but but an enemy. Now, when I say that, I'll be honest with you. And I I was thinking this week, I was thinking all the way back to to when I was saved, what was going on in my mind, what did I I understand? And I I would have said, I believe God, I believe his word, I believe I'm I'm going to hell without Jesus Christ, I believe I'm a sinner. I, I, I would have said all of that. But when you would have said, and you're an enemy of God, I mean, I'm not gonna disagree with God, but I would just would have struggled with that I just, I don't think of myself as an enemy. 
I mean, an enemy is somebody that's attacking you, right? I mean, you got people that you don't like and don't want to be around that you wouldn't call them an enemy. An enemy is somebody that has identified you and is coming after you. They are trying to hurt you. They're trying to stop you. They're trying to keep you from being successful. To which I would look at that and say, I don't think I've ever done any of that to God. Until I look at the truth. Until you look at the truth. And you realize that day in and day out, your words, your actions and attitudes so profoundly advance Satan and his values and his kingdom in this world through your hate, through your anger, through your lust, through your greed, and just keep listing the sins. It goes on and on and on. Every single sin is a moment where I advance Satan into my life or into that relationship or into that environment. Let me give you one example. One, one word, one emotion, one sin, anger. The book of James says, God says, your anger will never. I mean, do you stop right there and believe the word never? He said, we got to finish the sentence before I know if I believe the word never. You, you don't believe God. You don't believe God and you don't believe his word. Because it says right there, your anger will never advance his righteous purposes. And right away we say, well, I don't know who anger you're talking about, but it's not mine. He said, you don't know that I'm saying that, pastor. Yeah, I do. Every single one of us thinks there's something unique and special and right about our anger, so unique and special and right that God is wrong. And I can act on my anger, and I can bring it into this situation, and it will accomplish good. And do you know why we don't believe God on that? Because there's another place we don't believe what God has said. For God has said, your enemy, you know, the one standing in front of you that's, got, that's raised up all that anger, your enemy's not flesh and blood. It is spiritual forces of darkness. Now, my guess would be 60, 70, maybe 80% of the people that have just heard me say that know that verse. You may not know it's in Ephesians chapter 6, but you do, you do recognize that as a Bible verse. Now, I'm getting ready to be mean. I doubt you've lived in a single moment where you lived in the reality of that truth. You'll quote it, you'll say it, you'll tell it to others, but you absolutely will treat flesh and blood as the enemy. Do you, do you realize how often you just ignore God's word? And it's not because you're ignorant. It's not because you're a victim It's not because you didn't know. You know. And you choose not to act like it. You choose not to believe in it. So let let me say again. Folks, that's just one word. I can take one word, I can take one emotion, and I can show you two passages you never obey. And they make you, they make you, Soldiers of Satan. They put you on his team, advancing his causes, his values, and his work in this world. And you and I are wondering why God calls us enemies. And wondering how in the world he could describe our punishment with a word like forever and like eternity. 
what else is left? And it is as an enemy of God that we will go to the most important moment of our life. Hebrews 9.27 says, it's been appointed. You have an appointment. It's been appointed unto man to die once. And then the judgment. You will go to that judgment as an enemy. And you will be shown. Whatever, whatever you feel like I just shed light on. I, I, I didn't even get started. Because we're all just kind of thinking hypothetically right now. When God shows, he's going to show the actual words you said, the actual responses that you had over and over and over. And he's going to show how you brought Satan into that work, into that moment, into that relationship. How you advanced Satan in everything that you were doing. And we will rightly be assigned our place in the lake of fire with the one that we served. And our soul knows this. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you think about what I'm saying right now. Our soul knows the truth of this. And, and we don't like the anxiety that causes. We don't like the lack of peace that causes. And, and so what do we do when there's a tension, when there's a con- We move to, to resolve it. And so I'm going to go over here. You know, God's angry. I think, he, I think he's into religion. So I'll, I'll come over here. I'll pick me a good religion and I'll get religious I'll obey all the rules of that. I'm going to be, when I get to that point, well, I'm going to show God what a religious person I am. And yet I've shown that maybe we're a room full of religious people and we, we, we de- deny and ignore and reject almost every word in his Bible. So being religious sure isn't fixing anything. Well, I'm going to be spiritual. You know, I don't need a building and other people anyway. I just, I'm going to think spiritual thoughts. I'm going to be a very spiritual person while you're being wicked and evil. Well, I'm going to do good. That's so natural. That's so natural in humanity to think, hey, whatever, whatever happens when I get to that point, I'm going to be able to show what a good person I've been and the good that I've done. And, and y- y'all have heard me say this a thousand times, where we got this equation that my doing something good erases bad, I, I don't know. That doesn't actually work anywhere. I can be a great person today. That doesn't change what I did to somebody yesterday. But we go around playing this game. I'm going to get there and my good's going to outweigh my, my bad. Or I think really what's, what we see happening in our, our culture today is I'm not going necessarily the, the path of religion or spirituality or goodness. I'm going to go to the path of intelligence. You know, I, I'm, I'm too intelligent for all this. That's how I'm going to resolve the conflict. There is no God. There is no God. There is no judgment day. I don't have to answer for what I've done with or in God's word. It's not real. The only problem is your soul does know it's real. And that is the source of conflict and tension in your life. It's why we have no peace. Well, I don't know about you, but all of a sudden... The Prince of Peace became the most important thing in my life. Not a way to have a better this or a better that. Prince of Peace is my only chance. I I, I am an enemy combatant. And now, because of God, because of God, there's a path. There's what I am, there's what I'm like, but God. 
I, I think, but God can be two of the most important words in the whole Bible. Look at this up here. We all, we all, every single one. And you know what? If we're just measuring ourselves against each other, some of us look better, don't we? Some of us look kinder. Some of us look nicer. Some of us look more giving. That's just comparing ourselves to all an imperfect standard. We all once lived in the passions of our flesh. That is our true and genuine God, my mind and my body. My mind and my body tells me what is right. My mind and my body tells me what is. Oh, listen, if there's anything I can trust, it's my heart. No, you're carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and they are making you a child of wrath. But God, there's what I am, there's what I'm like, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together in Christ. You know how he did that? The Prince of Peace. I was a child of wrath. He wanted to make me a child of God. I was a part of death and darkness. He wanted to make me a part of light and life. I could not get down that path on my own. But God, but God demonstrates, God shows, God proves his love for us. Not when I'm, oh, quick, go get them. They're being really religious, really, 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 really spiritual. Oh, look how good they are. Now's the chance to get them here before they mess it up again. Oh, look how intelligent. No, it's while we were sinners. Christ died for us. Christ paid the penalty for our sins. And so now, therefore, the product of their being a but God is that I can, be, I can be justified. You know what justified means? Just as if I'd never sinned. Just as if I'd always lived a holy good life, fulfilling and advancing God's goodness, God's purposes, God's values in this world. How can I be justified? It's, it's not my, my religion and spirituality and goodness intelligence. We already know. We already look around in our own lives and see that's not working. No, it's by faith. Faith in what? Faith in who? In the Prince of Peace. In the one who can bring peace into our lives. Peace between us and heaven. No longer an enemy combatant. Let me, let me shove all this together and put it together real fast. I, I, I am a sinner. I am an enemy of God. I can't even begin to grasp how my daily words and actions and attitudes and thoughts advance Satan, work for Satan. I'm an enemy of God. There's nothing good about me. And yet I actually look at heaven and have the arrogance to act like it owes me something. But God. But God, rich in mercy, rich in grace, rich in love, moved to provide a path, a path I could not figure out, a path I could not make. He sent the Prince of Peace to guide me from death to life, darkness to light, from being an enemy of God to being a child of God. Have you received that gift? Have you received God's work into, his, into your life? Look what John 1.12 says. Now, we just saw that we're by nature. That's how we're born. That's how we live. We're by nature children of wrath. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right. What right do I have before God? I've got no right before God. But through the Prince of Peace, I've got a right to become a child of God. That's what the Prince of Peace can do in your life. 
That's what that babe in the manger, that child that's been born, that son that has been given, is here to guide us to a place, to take us down a path we could not find and we could not get to. Have you taken hold of the Prince of Peace's hand? Have you let him guide you down that path? Have you received his gift? You know, if that's not something you've done or, or you're not certain if you've done, man, I'd like to give you that opportunity right here, right now, today. That's God's will. That's God's desire. That's why there's a Christmas. That, that, that's why Jesus came. So today, today, you could find that path of peace. You could meet the Prince of Peace. I'm going to say a prayer. And man, if this is something you know you need to do in your life, I want to encourage you just to let my words become your words. Let my prayer be your prayer. Now, there's a very important verse I think you need to know right now. Romans 10, 13. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You ever heard somebody say, well, that's... That's what that church believes, or that's what that denomination teaches. There's so many interpretations out there. How can you ever know? Okay, well, I'm not calling on you right now to put your faith in a denomination or a church or a pastor. I'm asking you to put your faith in the Word of God. And God's Word said, and I don't know how much interpretation it takes to this, whoever, you're a whoever, aren't you? Whoever you are, wherever you've been, whatever you've done, whoever calls on me, whoever calls out to me, I will save. That's my promise. I'm not asking you to trust in our denomination or our church. I'm asking you to trust what God has said, his promise to you. So if you know this is what you need in your life, you recognize what has happened in your life, then let's call out to him right now. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I, I, I believe I'm beginning to grasp possibly an enemy. I don't want to be. I, I, I want to I have peace between me and you. I know the lack of peace is my problem. I know the lack of peace is my inability to fix it. But God... I understand you love me. And you sent the Prince of Peace to guide me to the path of peace. Jesus, I want to receive you into my life. Would you come into my heart and into my life and help help me now live with you and for you forever? It's in your name, it's in who you are, it's in what you're like that I ask for this. Amen. Amen. Hey, so now think about how important that verse is. If you just called out to the Lord for that salvation, he promises you. He promises you, I heard and I save. And you are now a child of God. You know, I I, I do believe we have an enemy I I don't believe it's flesh and blood. I I believe it's spiritual forces of darkness. And that enemy is going to immediately now move to tell you that nothing just happened. That, that That enemy is going to immediately begin to speak into your life about you don't need to do this or you don't need to do that. Or, you know, I don't even know what happened. The enemy is going to move. 
And I, boy, I really, I want you to be anchored and secure and strong in God's word and in receiving the gift of salvation. I want to, I, I, I've got a little booklet here and look how small it is. It, it, it's not much, but it will really help you understand this decision that you just made and what some of the next steps are. And, and so if you just received the Lord, if you just called out to him, I, I want to encourage you to get this. If you're watching online, we have an online pastor that you can say, hey, I just did that. That's all you got to do. Hey, I just did that. And uh, they'll, they'll connect with you on how you can get this. Uh, if you're uh, here in this room right now and you just received the Lord, uh, go, go out there past the Christmas tree. Right in the center, there's a big window. There's a desk in front of it. Some folks standing there and say, hey, I just did that. And uh, they'll be happy to give you this. There's no obligation to that. Just go out there and say, I just did that. Now, the reason I say there's no obligation is because it is about next steps. And, and some of you may even be aware, hey, I, I just did that. And don't, don't I need, like we just saw today, don't I follow the Lord in baptism now? Or don't I become a part of a, a church? Hey, if you've got questions about that, just ask them. They'll tell you what it means and how you go about getting baptized or joining a church family. They'll, they'll help you with all of that. You know, folks, we have a Prince of Peace, amen? There's one Prince. There's just one Prince of Peace. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, no one comes to heaven. No one comes to peace. No one comes to a forgiveness. No one comes to the Father except through me. The only way I can move from being an enemy to a child is through Jesus Christ. I know we live in a world today that would, that would take that and hear that as somewhat intolerant. Not respectful of other faiths and other ways. You know, I, my first response to that would be, you know, the truth by its very definition is intolerant. Tr- truth is always going to be intolerant of, of what is contradictory to truth. And I believe there are things we can look at in history about the word of God, things we can look at about the resurrection that, that proves historically with evidence why the claims of Jesus rise up a little bit higher than just anybody else. And he said, I am the only way. And while that might sound intolerant, remember Romans ten thirteen, because the way is open to everyone. Do you realize there's nothing you've done? Think about your enemy. There's nothing they've done that disqualifies them from taking the Prince of Peace's hand and walking that path of peace. That's what we're celebrating. That's what we're going out to celebrate this week. That's what we're going out to live this week. It's Boy, it's his kingdom I want to advance, right? I want to advance the prince of peace. Boy, let's look at God's word a little bit differently and think, am I really not just saying I believe it, am I, am I living it? Am I letting it guide me into the tough places of my life and affect my behavior? I'm not just following anybody. I'm following the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings. Amen? Let's go out there this week and celebrate our love, our faith, our obedience in Him. Isn't it good to hear the gospel again? You know, for me... For me, that's 30, 40 years ago that I received that. But boy, what a reminder from that which I have been saved. I was rightly called an enemy combatant. But God, but God, let's go celebrate. God bless. Merry Christmas.